Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Good morning, uh, gentlemen. Uh, morning, happy morning. Saturday matinee to you both. <laughs> Good morning. Here we are again. Um, I I worry that we're going to miss that joke uh, at, at the end. And so let's just say this next week, we're going to be talking about Star Trek First Contact. And we have just realized, Andy, that the movie is actually about what? 
<laughs> about Jordy's new eyewear. <laughs> His first <laughs> contacts. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the title is referring to. It's funny the second time. <laughs> it is still <laughs> I had no idea. It's uh, a very subtle title. <laughs> very subtle. You don't do that because you can't do a spit take drinking coffee in front of your laptop. That's it's dangerous. Don't do that to me. <laughs> oh god. Um Oh, uh, all right. So we need to talk about a, a couple of bits of uh, of ketchup. We never talk about deaths on uh, on the show. It's pretty rare that we've talked about deaths, but Harry Dean Stanton died, you guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I would just like to take a moment and ask you, what's your favorite Harry Dean Stanton movie? Alien. <sighs> Mine oh, too. But there yeah. are so many, so many movies, 200 credits. Yeah, he's done a lot of great stuff. Uh, you know, he's been in some really interesting uh, David Lynch projects. Uh, you know, he's done. Um, uh, uh, he was in the Green Mile. I mean, you know, yeah. there's his his career was just uh, crazy big with a huge variety. Uh, Paris, Texas is another one that stands out in my head as oh, an interesting one. Escape from New York. Yeah, yeah, we talked about him on Escape from New York, yeah. and. Uh, um, to, to movies like Last Temptation of Christ, like what is Harry uh, Dean Stanton doing in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's, yeah. Uh, you know, Pretty in Pink. Like what a yeah. what an amazing right. yeah. you know range that this guy uh, had. Of course, you know everybody says he's known for Repo Man, and I I, I guess yeah, uh, it's but, a funny one to bring up. I mean, I it's it's certainly the cult side of things with him, yeah. but it's not something that. Uh, I, I know he's in it, but I, it's not one that I go to, I guess. It's a funny thing. I think to a lot of people, Harry Dean Stanton is that face. You know, we always talk about that face, the guy with that face. You always recognize him, but you're not quite sure who he is uh, until you look at his credits. I mean, for those of us who have such a connection to movies like Alien and Green Mile, uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, so when you see him pop up as security guard in The Avengers, you know, yeah. it's, it, it really means something, like hits you square in the face. But uh, but he is he is an incredible character actor, and I, you know one of the things I posted last night. I it, it, after the career that guy's had, and as sort of rough hewn as he is, uh, it it is really uh, great satisfaction that he went at ninety one last night of natural causes. You know, uh, more power to him. Uh, here 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 here. No crazy crazy you know death saga for him. He goes in peace. So there you go. Thoughts are with, uh, with his family and friends. Uh, and you did you just see Brazil? It like in a real oh, yeah. place. Oh, what yeah. was that about? I what did I what did I hear about that? Well, on the other side of the valley here, there's a new, <laughs> uh, well, relatively new Alamo Draft House, and uh, you know one of the things they're doing right now is showing a lot of old. I can't remember what the series is like dystopian future yeah. movies and something like that. And so uh, they were showing Brazil last night. Uh, the director's cut. On the big screen, and it was glorious. Oh, what a great experience. Did you learn anything new about the movie, seeing it on the big screen? It's always interesting seeing uh, a movie that you love so much on the big screen, and you start catching things. I mean, even I, I could say the same thing about Close Encounters uh, when that played a couple weeks back, and just seeing the little details that sometimes you miss when you're watching it at home on the small screen. And here, just on the big screen, there's just there's so much detail. The way the sound mix hits you. Like I, I kept noticing different sounds and stuff. I'm like, oh, I haven't heard all that. And so it's just really exciting 
noticing these things. Like I noticed on on Jack's little torture table when he's getting ready to to uh, you know basically lobotomize Sam. There's like a little rubber bouncy ball mm-hmm. and a pacifier. Yeah. <laughs> what are those things doing on this table? How Gilliam was <laughs> sitting there. That's fantastic. Uh, it really is. Treat. Yeah, what yeah. a treat that they're showing these. Uh, um, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and they're they're going to be screening Metropolis. Uh, it'll be like a free screening sometime later this month. So, oh wow, that's another one. If I feel like driving all the way across the valley again, uh, I'd love to go check that one out on the big screen. Yeah, it's the it's like the trend to get people back in theaters is you've got to be showing, you know, films that you know will draw them in. And when you know we talked about the, how like sparse the box office is and what's out there. It's like, this is the way you can get people into a theater because they're, you know, you know, they'll show up for a movie that they want to see. I hadn't seen Brazil in probably like 15 years. So for me, it was like seeing it like for the first time again. And I don't think I'd seen the director's cut. So I have no idea what was new, but because I, my recollections of Brazil are like the opening scene, the Robert De Niro disappearing in a pile of paper and like, you know, the flying around stuff that, that was about, oh, and the desk, the, you know, that's through the wall. Those were, it's like, that, those are my memories of Brazil. So I had forgotten like how much, you know, what this film was trying, what this film is saying about society and bureaucracy and watching this, I just thought, oh my gosh, this movie's 32 years old and it's still like so relevant and saying such important things that people still need to hear even more so now today, I think. About yeah. you know personal privacy and just oh my and consumerism just oh it's amazing just I forgot how brilliant this film is. Did you re rank it, Steve? Oh yeah. What? How did it end up after not seeing it for fifteen years? Where is it? Where did it show up for you? It's like I think like number thirty two or something like yeah. that. That, that is that a climb? I assume that's a climb. I, well you know I or it hadn't been ranked. Yeah, I nuked my chart you know a couple of years ago, so it, it, yeah. it ended up four and a half stars because it's it's yeah. still you know it's I, it's. <laughs> It's not perfect, perfect like it is for Andy. <laughs> oh, Andy, Andy, it actually it it resets the clock every time he watches it. Yeah, it begins, it, it starts at a new number one and erases every other movie because no other movie exists. Yep, I nuked my chart and all that's there is Brazil. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Nothing else matters. <laughs> what uh, what other news do we have? You want to talk about uh, numbers? How's the box office? Well, it. Just it just so much better than anyone uh, had expected. I mean, it really did amazingly at the box office um, last weekend. I think it took in um, 158, uh, almost 159 million over the the course of the week, and so it's it's really just doing a great job at the box office. And it, it's you know one of those things where it's like. Uh, you know, people were questioning why they would put another horror film uh, to open one week after. And so Darren Aronofsky's mother opened and they're not expecting it to do great work. And they're expecting it to do some some stuff, but definitely not pass um, what it did. And same thing with the other new movie, American Assassin. It's like it. I know it's got its book following and stuff like that. But, you know, people are like, yeah, but it's you know, it's not trending that well, it's 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 it, the the novels, I guess, really mostly appeal to a female audience, but they really made the the movie an R-rated male-leaning action thriller. So it sounds like they 
missed their audience target that they should have been going for with it. And so they're not really expecting that to do that great either. And it is on track to take the weekend again, which is really no surprise. Wow. And is it a uh, is is it that good? Now you've now seen it. Maybe. I have seen it. Yeah. 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 Is it is it that good? I thought they did a fantastic job translating uh, a very hefty book for the screen. And even though they only did half of it, the kid half of it, um, they still obviously had to cut a lot of meat out of the book. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I had such a great time watching it. And you know, Bill Skarsgård uh, is the new Pennywise for me. He defines Pennywise, and he as the clown. I mean that. That's like an award-worthy performance. He was just so uh, off-putting. It made made you want to go back and watch the TV version again, right? Because it was that good. <laughs> I actually went and watched clips of it again to just to, to refresh my memory of Tim Curry as Pennywise. I was like, oh, maybe he's not quite as good as I remembered. <laughs> That's a, depressing, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Steve, you had this question in the notes uh, about what is a perfect movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, you want to open? You, is that is that like a conversation grenade? I don't know what your intention is. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> are you pulling the pin and then I just, assume you're just going to mute out? Yeah, just go. <laughs> well, no, it it tied. It was you know sort of in the back channel conversations where it was it last. I think when Andy rated Undiscovered Country as like a five star movie and said. Uh, but you know he still had some quibbles with it. I said, "Well, how? so I'm, I'm really curious. You've got Brazil as five stars, your number one film, an undiscovered country, five stars. But I have some quibbles with it. So to me, a five star film is like that. You can do no better. And I can understand, you know, after watching Brazil with you, like yes, I can see that as your five star film. But then to put an undiscovered country along that and say these films are equivalent to each other." Well, it's when you're ranking stuff in in ranks of you know five points, you know, yeah. or you know, oh, you, technically you, you, with half points. You want a scale of a hundred or a thousand? I need to scale oh, a yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need to have more <laughs> decimal places. <laughs> Give me more. I need a bigger bigger spread. So no, in it, your head, what you're telling me is you do go out to to three or four places. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Geez. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because no. and, and I would ask this question: Is it possible, Steve, uh, to see a movie for the first time and know that it's a five star film? Yes, I think I think it is. Because see, I run into this all the time, and I always I always write it off to um, to rating Hangover. Oh, and yeah. I sometimes I really love yeah. the the movie yeah. the first time I see it. Yeah. And it's fantastic, and I'll give it five stars, knowing full well that the next time I see it, it may change. It'll drop to two. Okay, yeah, I can see that. It doesn't <laughs> drop to two, Steve. <laughs> there, there are films, there are a few that I've seen that I, I've watched the first time and said, wow, this is just an amazing film. I would give this five stars. And yeah, I, I know there's some that, that don't hold up, and sometimes it's that just a, you get wrapped up in the emotional connection or response to that film. But there are some that still hold up for me. And so I, I really, mm -hmm. you know, to me, those are like my my perfect films that I just, you know, they wowed me the first time. They continue to stay there. So like recently for me, like me and Earl and the Dying Girl I had yeah. a, just an amazing experience seeing that film. And to me, I've seen it, I think, three or four more times. Still love that film. Wouldn't change a thing about that perfect five-star film right mm -hmm. there. Then there's ones that, like Arrival, which just blew me away the first time, 
And then the second time, there's so much more to it that it just, I was like, oh, can I go to six stars on this one? Because yeah, it right. just it impressed me right out of the gate the first time with what it was accomplishing. And then each time I'm like rewarded more and more as I explore the depths of what that film is doing. That's one of the things I like so much about Letterboxd and the the indicator that I've seen it before, yeah. right? And here's my rating. Because generally, if it's a five-star film and I've seen it before, that means I really feel like it's a five-star film. Right. Like, I rated What Happened to Monday as a five-star film because I had an amazing time yeah. with that. I know full well when I watch this again that I'm going to have enough trouble with it that it's going to fall a little uh, bit. Okay. And I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah, it's it's tricky. And, you know, thinking back on Star Trek Six specifically... You know, I would say probably now uh, the five star came in the heat of the moment. One week later, he's got our conversation. One week later. One week. One week. It's the Brazil effect. No. Crying out loud. It probably would be four and a half. And I was fluctuating. I had a real fluctuation. But I I just, I was passionate. Pete and I had a great conversation about it. And so sometimes those things do influence your rankings. But in in that case, it was exactly where it needs to be. Five stars is appropriate for that movie. Shut up. Stop. Talking, you're ruining it. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, well, do we? Let's. Uh, shall we jump into trailers? Yeah, let's yeah. do our trailers. All right. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. Because a twenty four is back on the on the trailer chat. <laughs> you you actually had two trailers, and I have to tell you, I'm a little bit disappointed that you didn't do the other one. Uh, are you? Yeah. I I know Alexander Payne or uh, or this fantastic a twenty four film. Um, but I, I was so torn. But you but, know, there's but something because you're an addict. <laughs> because I'm an addict, I can't stop. More a twenty four. No, I really. Um, I've been waiting for the disaster artist um, for quite a while. As soon as I heard they were making it, and uh, and that uh, the Franco brothers were going to be involved, I kind of got pretty excited about uh, the possibilities with this. I've never actually watched the entirety of the room. I'm one of those people who I, I probably would not want to sit and watch the whole thing because mm. I'm sure it's just complete garbage. But I have enjoyed all of the clips that you can find all over YouTube. I The clips are so funny because it's just done so poorly. And it's so strangely. Like, it's it's people who had no, no sense as to how they're actually making a movie. And now getting James Franco's take on the making of Tommy Wiseau's The Room... Uh, I mean, it just it just has me in stitches watching these these <laughs> bumbling fools trying to make their movie, and it it's just hilarious. I I just I giggle with joy as I watch these people. It just it feels very much like Ed Wood. It's these people who are just passionate about making a project, and uh, you know, there's something to be said for passion, even if they don't have the the art to or the talent to actually do it. But this it just it looks very exciting to me. James Franco directs and also plays Tommy Wiseau. Uh, his brother Dave is playing uh, Greg, who's the lead actor in the film. You also have Seth Rogen, Allison Brie, Zac Efron, Kate Upton, uh, Kristen Bell, Adam Scott, Brian Cranston. Uh, it's it's a huge cast of people. Uh, I think Sharon Stone and uh, uh, Melanie Griffith also both pop up. So I, I'm really excited about this one and uh, can't wait. What do you guys think? <laughs> Me, I I watched that, and, <laughs> and, and I think I think you should preface your comments by by saying if you've actually seen any right, bits of so the room. I haven't, <laughs> and to me, uh. watching this, it was awkward, embarrassing, and uncomfortable because to me, it's like the epitome of the Dunning Kruger effect, you know, where people have this like people of like low ability suffer from this like 
perception that they're actually like experts in something because they, they there's so much they don't know that they don't know that they don't know it. Yeah. And to me, just watching this trailer, I thought, oh my gosh, this is like a textbook case of this. And it's just so, I don't know. I feel like, is this when you're just exploiting somebody for their foolishness? And it, it reminded me of some of these these documentaries that really bother me where somebody will latch on to like some like extreme like fandom or fringe group and then do a documentary. And I think, oh, it's going to be an interesting you know, exploration of the subculture. But really, no, it's just we're parading around these, you know, people that are social outcasts or have just these extreme ridiculous hobbies or, or interests. And it's just basically throwing that up on the screen for everybody to see without having any specific point of view or take on it. And to me, I'm curious about this film. And I, I know it's based on, you know, the book from one of the guys in, involved in it. So, you know, it's his experience. So there's already sort of a specific point of view, but it just looks, it's like, reminds me of like Curb Your Enthusiasm. You you just feel bad watching this, but you can't help but watch this thing collapse on itself. <laughs> Okay, I I agree with most of what Steve said, and I the but the the thing that I worry about this movie is that it becomes a lampoon of itself. Like part of it, part of what will make this movie great is if it stays just serious enough about the making of the movie that the characters and their weirdness is allowed to shine, and. Uh, and, and that you can laugh at the context and not just at the fact that here are a bunch of guys who had so much fun making movies uh, that it's funny mostly to them. Do you know what I mean? Um, there, there are movies that's, that these guys have, have made that kind of fall beyond that, that category where it's, it's funny to them and, and not as funny to the mass audience, and that's fine. And, and I, I, I'm with you, Andy. I think we've, we both ended up liking This Is The End. I'm not sure if it's a movie that we liked because of, uh, because of the drinks uh, <laughs> that went along with the viewing, but it, 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 was a, uh, it was a funny movie. It has its moments. I'm excited to see this actually because I think the Francos are really clever gents, and I I think they I think it's great to see them both sort of in a quote starring role, um, and so I'm excited to see it. But I'm I am I'm gonna put my inner child under the stairs for this one. <laughs> That's a scary place to store your inner child. Is he Harry Potter? You just lock him in the thing yeah, under. The- yeah, yeah, my inner child is actually Harry Potter. <laughs> He never made it to Hogwarts. I just keep him under the stairs. It's been seven years. <laughs> well, that's disturbing. Yeah. Uh, well, this one, uh, it's uh, going to be opening limited here December 1st and then wide everywhere December 8th. And it's already, uh, you know, it's played at a few festivals. I think Australia is where it's hitting first on November 30th uh, outside of festivals. And then uh, then it'll hit the Philippines, Netherlands, and Spain. So those are the other countries <laughs> The Philippines, <laughs> Netherlands, and Spain <laughs> that have tapped into uh, the joy of this one. So I think very... I think if anybody, I mean, this is a movie that knows its audience to open in in the Philippines <laughs> early. <laughs> Steve, Smart what's thinking. your what's your trailer? So I'm going with the Current War, which is the story of Thomas Edison and George Westinghouse. And so this is one just you know description of it. I thought. Oh, I don't know if this is going to be that interesting. It's just another historical little thing. But then you've got this cast that, that drew me in. And you've got, so you've got Benedict Cumberbatch as Thomas Edison. 
you have uh, Michael Shannon as Westinghouse, and then you also have uh, Tom Holland in there and Nicholas Holt and Catherine Waterston. I thought, this is a really interesting cast. And then I discovered that the director is Alfonso Gomez Rion, who directed one of my perfect films, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. And just watching this trailer, it has a very interesting visual style for a film that's set in the past. There's just a lot of modern... I guess more contemporary techniques, whereas usually your historical dramas, you're sort of just, you know, traditional frame. You're not doing anything overly stylistic because for some reason that wouldn't feel appropriate for old timey subject matter. So there's just some interesting uh, cinematography to this that sort of drew me in. And I think there's just, it's a fascinating era in our, in our nation as we're developing, you know, and discovering electricity and the whole, what type of man is Edison and that there's even a, at the end of the trailer teases, okay, Tesla, and we know the story behind the conflict between those two. So it's, uh, it's one of those interesting stories I want to see to learn a little bit more because it's a part that I think everybody gets in elementary school, like, oh, Edison is this great inventor. He did these things. To see sort of a more detailed take on sort of his connection with Westinghouse, who was, uh, as I understand from the trailer, was involved in like the fuel and gasoline industry, which was now a threat to, you know, was threatened by electricity. And so his conversion to partnering with Edison, I'm kind of interested to see how those dy dynamics play out. And as I was mentioning to Andy uh, last night, I said, uh, anything with Michael Shannon and I'm pretty much in for, he always just impresses me and just brings so much to any role. So I'm, I'm really interested to see this one. It uh, is coming in January, 2018. Which I thought, oh, oh no! Oh. But I saw that there is a limited. It's getting some limited release in November, so I don't know if that's the we're going to put it out in limited like New York and L.A. at the end for make it eligible for Oscar contention, and then go wider in January so they don't have to fight, you know, for screen real estate with everything else that's getting crammed into theaters in the holiday season. Or maybe it is going to be a potential disaster. I don't know, but this is one that just I think is. Interesting subject matter with a really compelling cast. I almost didn't want to watch the trailer because I thought it was a military movie. I thought it was the current war. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I, but I, man, I'm, I'm with you, Steve. I, I love the premise, uh, mostly because uh, I'm really excited about, uh, you know, any, any movie that ties, um, universes cinematic universes to the prestige yes uh, <laughs> I, I, that's the movie i want to see uh, i think it looks great i think the the cast looks great i i i think the um uh, seeing these two guys go sort of tete-a-tete -tete, i think is going to be fantastic to see on screen i hope i deeply deeply hope it's not a disaster because i think the concept is fantastic and it's just the kind of of movie that that excites me yeah, I, I agree. It, it really got me excited to, to see this. This is a story I, I'm always fascinated about Edison. He's a really interesting character in history. And um, I, I love that he's got the field yeah. of light bulbs, just like <laughs> Tesla did in The Prestige. Yeah, totally. but Teslas were just pushed into the ground. His, I think, are all wired together. You know, Tesla would just, you know, oh, yeah. he, he, he electrified electric, the... Right surface of the earth so so <laughs> even, humanity even in cinema they're trying to yes. to battle each other with their ideas though i love it it's it, it, you know it's a fascinating story i'm really excited uh with the cast and uh like you said the director um this is one that i i really do hope that the november 
um, limited release that they have is to just kind of get a get a read on the audiences and maybe give it an earlier uh, release rather than the January doldrums. But I guess we'll find out. Regardless, I am curious about this one, so count me in. Uh, okay, so my trailer uh, is The Red Sparrow, a new uh, Jennifer Lawrence movie. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Joel Edgerton, uh, Matthias Schoenartz, Charlotte Rampling, Mary Louise Parker, and Jeremy Irons. Uh, it is a spy thriller. It's based on the book by Francis Lawrence in which a, a Russian spy uh, falls for in, in love for uh, with a, an American um, CIA officer and and struggles with whether or not to, be, to become a double agent as a result. And um, did you guys ever read The Charm School by Nelson DeMille? Nope. <sighs> nope. Ugh, it's Sorry. <laughs> so great. I love these kinds of stories. So The Charm School was all about uh, this This American uh, MBA student is is um, uh, driving a- across the, the Russian countryside in the, and, and discovers that, in, in fact, there's this secret Russian POW camp where they've captured a whole bunch of Americans and, and they make them live in this community. Um, and they just put a bunch of Russian spies there in an attempt to Americanize them, right? To to train Russian spies so that you can't so that you can't tell that they're Russians. Uh, and this is obviously during the heat of the Cold War, and it is a fantastic story. Uh, the Charm School, Nelson DeMille. Everybody should check it out if you're into these spy books. And that has always. Um, that book is an anchor for me. It is like sets the bar for these, you know, Russian espionage stories. And the the trailer for Red Sparrow, even though I they call it an, a, a quote official trailer, I call it a, a teaser. It's it doesn't give you enough. Uh, but I do love the atmosphere that it sets. I actually think uh, Jennifer Lawrence is going to be great. Although I'm curious why they didn't. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I I think there are some Russian actresses that that you know could pull this off i know they need a they need a name to a certain extent but i think this could have been a, a really fun uh international uh exploration uh in terms of casting for dominica egorova uh yeah i said that <laughs> so you're they're whiter washing washing this thing <laughs> Whoever knew that we would be talking about cultural appropriation <laughs> between Russian spy agency and the Hollywood industrial complex? Uh, this is, but I I love these kinds of stories, and uh, I I get very excited. I I hope it's uh, I hope it's another one that uh, um, that we can really enjoy adding to the library. Did you guys are, are you guys equally intrigued? I definitely am. Francis Lawrence is a director who's done some films that I really enjoy. Um, I, I think that, uh, he, he's done some of like some of the hunger games films. I, I think that he could have done a better job with the last, uh, two, but I think that I blame that on the studio for wanting to split it into two halves. Um, but, but, you know, I really, I'm in the fan camp for Constantine. I thought he did a really great job with that film. Um, and he clearly has our working relationship with Jennifer Lawrence. So obviously that's, that's why he cast her. Um, I'm curious about this one. My big question is why are we seeing this movie and why are we not seeing Marvel's Black Widow? Because that's exactly what this is. And Marvel, I feel like they, they missed the boat on telling the Black Widow story when I feel like they should have, because it's clearly watching this, it's a compelling, uh, opportunity to tell a story like this. And I feel like they've, they've lost that chance now. You know what, Andy? That is a great point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, no, I I saw this and I thought you know the same thing Andy did, but I I'm sort of thankful for this version of this type of story because it, I think it in 
if we were going to do a Black Widow, it's going to have to live in that Marvel universe. And I think this just, from the look of it, is going a lot darker. Because it's not just about, you know, spies. It's, it's women that are specifically trained to use their bodies as a weapon. So there's this whole seduction side to it <clears throat> that's taking this into this R-rated territory that, you know, is just Marvel can't, you know, take this type of story there. And I think you would end up with a very sort of, watered down version of this type of story in a black widow film i still hope they do it and they'll have to find a way into that story but i think watching this film will show whether or not you know people are going to show up for this type of movie and i think even going back to the summer you know atomic blonde there is you know there's audiences for these female-led action spy thrillers so i you know i think it's interesting it reminded me of i I probably need to go back now and just binge watch all of Mm. alias (laughs) again uh you know um yeah i i'm i'm on board i i actually went online to my public library put the first book on hold so i can uh get a chance because i see that there's actually a trilogy oh interesting i didn't know of, of novels so so there's this one and then the the third one uh, is being released, interestingly, in uh, February of, of 2018. So I'm sure there'll be all kind of cross ties in marketing to really promote that book and the film coming out and all of those things. So, uh, yeah, it's a story that I... Th- now I've got that. I got the charm school and stuff on my list of things to, to read. This is so I'm, I'm all in hoping... preparation, Steve, for our new spinoff, The Next Page, where it's just books yeah, that okay. have been made into movies. Well, after, you know... <laughs> After, you know, Jack Reacher never go back, I'm never going back to the Jack Reacher series, so... This is better. I, I this just is hope better. I, I have... Yeah. I, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, mine is coming out March 2nd, 2018, so hey, it's not January, uh, and uh, there you go. Red Sparrow, be on the lookout. Andy, let's do the list. So our list uh, this week, we're talking about time travel movies, but specifically time travel movies where, you know, it's got just... There's like a little jump. It's, it's nothing like world changing potentially it's just kind of a a small little jump for the the characters in in our immediate story and maybe not necessarily well-planned time jumps no wait a minute that's not the rule that i read in slack andy that is it i've broken every rule none of my movies are subtle time jumps how did i miss that i just i'd forgotten what the rule was so i went into slack and it said it said just wait it says i just did Reset. Uh, time travel pertinent to their specific situation, not time travel as tourism, vacation, or world event changing time travel. Well, I, the world event changing, maybe I, it's, I, come on, not time travel as vacation. Everybody has a purpose. It's just <laughs> subtle. I, I, I don't think I've seen it's a tra- vacation time travel movie, actually. Well, maybe. What's that sound oh, of yeah. thunder? Oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And what about, uh, what was that? Uh, oh, the, Shoot, that time, the Michael Crichton one, where they travel oh, back yeah. to medieval time, times, uh, sort of more as a oh, scholarly one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Time, time, yeah. Time yeah. Time Nights. Yeah. Time Nights. I'm sure it was Time Nights. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, it's 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 a really obscure thing. So, you know, I don't think there's any wrong answers on this one. How's oh, that? Oh, no. Mean? I got wrong answers. You're going to say every one of my answers are wrong. And even I, this is what's so beautiful. I actually broke the rule of my own misunderstanding of your rule. So it is a meta breakage. Oh, I love it. This is great. Well, then I think you should kick it off, Pete. Well, then, of course, I'm going to go with my most 
flagrant violation of my own understanding of the rules that I did not understand. Uh, and that is not actually where we're, we're violating time, but the effect of time has been broken by taking, by freezing the person and waking them up in a new time. Mm. Mm? Mm. And of course, you know that in the end, it took just one man, John Spartan, the demolition man. That's right. They wake up John Spartan to take on for a specific purpose, not as a tourism vacation, <laughs> to take on the most violent criminal the future has ever seen, Simon Phoenix, uh, played by Wesley Snipes, Demolition Man. Uh, I I have I saw this at just the right time in my life. I know a lot of people haven't probably seen this because why would you go back and watch this again if you're going to watch a time travel movie? <laughs> why would you watch this movie again? But I had a great time watching this movie, and the Taco Bell product placement is uh, not to be missed. Uh, the this is a movie that's full of fantastic one liners. <sighs> I could watch this all day long. Demolition Man. There you go. See, it's sort of time travel. I'm I'm in the I've never seen it camp. What? I know. Somehow I missed it. I just never <laughs> watching that one. What? Oh, Andy. And when you said <laughs> you're not missing you, anything, you were you missing Demolition Man. To sleep and they wake him up later. I thought you were going for Idiocracy, but yeah. <laughs> No, that that also would have been... I thought he was going with Austin Powers. (laughs) Also, two great picks. Well done, gentlemen. Thank you for piling on. (laughs) All right, somebody else go. Okay, I've I've got my three picks, and it turns out the order I put them in, I think it works best to go sort of in reverse chronology, so I'm working my way back in time in my time travel. (laughs) So first off, we're going to start in 2014 with Time Lapse. This is a little film I discovered on Netflix, and it it really reminded me of that feeling of when you're just browsing the shelves of a video store and you're, you know, all the big titles are gone. You're looking for something. You stumble across something in the genre section. You're like, well, this looks really interesting. You take it home and you watch it and you're like, wow, how how do people not know about this film? This was a lot of fun. You know, it it may not be a five star film, but I really enjoyed it. And and time lapse is a story of, of three friends, roommates discover that their neighbor across the street has uh, invented a machine that takes pictures a day into the future. And so now they have an idea of what's coming. So the time travel is sort of viewing what's going to happen in the future and trying to then use that for their personal gain. But of course, whenever you monkey around with time travel, the consequences are going to, you know, come back and haunt you and catastrophic, horrible, you know, things are going to happen when you are trying to profit from, you know, the abuse of science. Didn't we talk about this trailer, Pete? Because it sounds so familiar to me. Is this the one where, like, he, he his friend takes a picture of him at his birthday party, and then he sees himself in the background of the photo or something? Or is that am I thinking of a different no, movie? No, that's that's uh no no that was uh Project Oh, oh that's right, Project Almanac. That's what that the, was with yeah, the teens. Yeah, right, this okay. is just yeah. This is just uh it's a it's a big camera, and it uh, basically something happens. They go over to his his apartment to make sure he's okay, and they see on the wall just all these like Polaroids with dates on them and they see things that are happening and they get to the end and they're like, well, this hasn't happened yet. And so then as when those events happen, they're like, wait, this is exactly what happened in the photo. And it does. Uh, so it's one of these, you know, small films, not a lot of recognizable faces. It does. Daniel Panabaker's uh, in it. I was going to say Daniel Panabaker for those of you that are big fans of, you know, the DC universe on, on yep. television. So it's uh, just a, a lot of fun, but it, it gets into that idea of time travel without them actually moving through time, but seeing what 
the potential future is. Cool. That's on the list. That's awesome. Well, my first choice is uh, it's it's a and I guess this is the the direction I was thinking of with this particular list, but I, I don't think I ever described the the list very well. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it all out now. Let's just do it. Yeah. So whatever it is. My first one is Back to the Future, which is just one of the most brilliant time travel movies ever made. And uh, but specifically, I'm picking it because there's a moment at the end where where Marty is really distraught that that uh, that Doc is going to die. And he's like, wait a minute. What am I thinking? I've got all the time in the world. And he changes his, you know, his settings back just enough where it's like it's it's like he could have gone back even further to help Doc in a better way. But no, he goes back just enough to where it's it's kind of a nonsensical point to go back. And Doc still gets shot. Luckily, Doc had gotten his note and all that. But still, it's just one of those things where I'm like, Ugh, you know. <laughs> Purely, they they missed the the they, he missed the whole thing. You've got all the time in the world, but I'm still not going to give myself enough time. <laughs> okay, I I guess I get it. I guess I get it, uh, and I still screwed it up. That's okay. I think right. I'm, I'm going to be breaking my own rules here soon. All right. My second trailer asks the question: trailer. What? Your second trailer? Yeah, you know, you know, I'm living in the past, Andy. <laughs> My second film on the list poses the question to which I hope you both know the answer. Who was Joan of Arc? Come on, you guys, seriously? Everybody knows it was Noah's oh, wife. That's right. The best time oh, travel movie yeah. in history oh, because it has a specific no. purpose. They are <laughs> they are gathering together uh, the, the world's great historical figures to support them in the writing of their book report. This is, of course, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Yeah, I did that. I went there. I actually think, as a time travel movie, this is one of the most fun because it is, uh, it it knows exactly what it is, and most importantly, exactly what is it it is not. Uh, and uh, it's goofy. And again, like De- Demolition Man, why would you go back and watch this movie? Because you know why not? It's because it's a brilliant film, Pete. That's why. That's exactly why. <laughs> that was close to being on my list for the very specific moment where they're in the in the cell, and it's like, oh, what if we just we'll go we'll we'll put the we'll go we have to remind ourselves we're going to get the key and we'll put it right here, and then they reach over <laughs> and the keys there. It's like cool. <laughs> exactly. You see how good that time travel is. That's, That's brilliant. One of the best uses of time travel ever. Cool. <laughs> That's it. Bill and Ted, low-hanging fruit, but not uh, as I, not quite as low-hanging uh, as Back to the Future. Super that was almost on my list. Super yes, tasty. Super yeah. tasty. <laughs> Non-bogus. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so, interesting concept of a good time travel movie, I guess. Uh, I'm going to go to 2007, which I think really took Andy's rules into mind and the, the constraints that this movie's working on. This is Time Crimes from Nacho Vigilando, who uh, directed 2016's Colossal, which I highly recommend if you haven't seen that. It's not a, that one's not a time travel movie, but Time Crimes is interesting because it's set in a time loop, really like over several hours in one day. And so you've got a man who sees some things happen, ends up getting lured into a time machine, and interacting with himself through this time loop. So I don't want to get too spoilery about it, but it's that idea of that is played around with in Back to the Future 2, where you've you're seeing events from 
now a different point of view at a different point in time. So you start to understand the causes of the things that happen the first part of the loop you see. So it's uh, what I really like about it is it's a sci-fi film without any like special effects at all. It's just a straightforward story of a guy trying to like get through a Saturday afternoon. And uh, it's just the way it wraps time travel into this little loop is just, was just extremely entertaining and fun. That has been on my list to watch forever. And uh, I'm, I've heard nothing but good things. So I'm very excited to see that one sometime soon. That's on my list too, man. You got you. You did. You had great picks. I'm yeah. Yeah. smart. Of course, choices. my my best my first pick is my best pick. So here we go, Andy. What's yours? <laughs> well, in 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 loose connection to our Star Trek series, my next one is of course Galaxy Quest, which is I guess you could call it an unofficial Star Trek film. I think actually uh, Nick over in our Slack Slack group might have said that. Okay. Um, it, it is such a fantastic um, you know parody of star trek at the same time it's a brilliant homage to star trek i think it's just such a cleverly done film and of course they've got this device that they it was the big uh, you know season finale of the of this of the show of the season um and then they never got the next season and and nobody knew what this device was the omega 13 and so these these aliens invented it, and even even Tim Allen's character, uh, the lead, doesn't know what this thing is, and he pushes it, and what it does is it resets you 13 seconds, and you have to you know fix everything in that 13 seconds that you have. It's such a it's such a silly amount of time to go back and fix things, but. Uh, <laughs> Luckily, it works for these guys. So that's my next pick. Well, obviously, that's a great pick. And shout out to Dennis Vance, who also pointed out uh, that connection in a, a recent uh, comment over on YouTube. Uh, and Dennis has, has written uh, some fantastic uh, long uh, reviews of these movies in response to all of our Star Trek uh, commentary over on YouTube. So uh, definitely check that out. Plug. Nice. Oh, is it my turn now? It's your look, turn. look at me. My number one pick. I've mentioned it on the show. I know it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I have seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it in some years, but I have great memories of it. Therefore, I will not violate those memories by watching it again. And it ties beautifully <laughs> into our recent Star Trek films. <laughs> That's right. Malcolm McDowell and David Warner in a movie together. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yes, you do. Oh, yeah. Time after time in which H.G. Wells actually builds the time machine and goes, travels through time to capture David Warner's Jack the Ripper. It is both ridiculous and brilliant in concept, and it is brilliant enough, I should say, that they're remaking it, or maybe have remade it. Either way, I haven't seen it, but the trailer's out there for a 2017 oh, time after time. Yeah. Well, here's a question for you, Pete. Does Malcolm McDowell in a movie called Time After Time say time as much as he does in Star Trek Generations? <laughs> no, he does not. He does not say it as <laughs> He does not. Every other line. We've yeah. got to get him to say time again. He, oh. he did not even in a movie actually about time travel does he say it. You will not be as drunk watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, Steve, what's your last one? Okay, so to clarify, the time after time in 2017 is actually a TV series. Oh, it is? Which, yes, I don't know how you just keep that going because I... No, at one point you're it, done. I, I, yeah, at one point you yeah, finish exa it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Because, I, yeah, I, I I remember seeing like time after time like on TV when I was like nine or ten or something like that. And 
yeah, I had a good time with it, but I'm in the same camp as you. I don't know that I want to revisit it because I have such fond memories of, of that film. What's so funny is uh, that like you look at it and just watching the trailer for it again this morning, yeah. it looks so much oh. like a, a bad episode oh. of the Rockford Files. You know what yes. I mean? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> yes. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna just go to what I think is the ultimate time travel movie, 2004's Primer. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, you know, using time travel for your own benefit, you've got guys that sort of invent a time machine in their garage and they start off by using it to just play the stock market. And then, of course, things, you know, explode from there. And what I love about this is, it, I guess, sort of like Bill and Ted, they don't bother to take time to explain rules about time travel. It just happens. There's a lot of questions unanswered about certain characters and the, the uh, sort of side effects of, of time travel. But it's one that uh, your initial viewing will break your mind. And then repeated viewing, you start to actually understand what's going on in this film. But to me, it was just, again, the, a great sci-fi film that doesn't depend on special effects. It's really character based on the conflict between two guys and their sort of battle with how do you use this uh discovery that they've made and what is their what are their responsibilities fantastic film yeah. uh really interesting sci-fi uh story i really like that movie so uh great choice and i and love that I, they i love that they're they're uh, the time machine itself is like crawl in a box <laughs> yes <laughs> so good yeah they go to sleep. Here's some cardboard yeah. and PVC pipe and put it in a storage unit and just go. <laughs> when you, yeah. you, now it's going to feel like you go to sleep. And when you wake up, it'll be tomorrow. <laughs> Wait <Yeah>. a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Magic how that works. <laughs> well, my final choice, gents, um, is another, I mean, it's, it's great use of, of time travel in the film, but the design of it in context of the film is uh, done for a very silly purpose. And that is in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban uh, from the book and then the 2004 film. Why is it uh, silly? Because Hermione uses it to do extra homework, to take extra <laughs> classes. That's why this is on my list. It's one of the most silly uses. And it makes sense for Hermione's character. But that is uh, just the most absurd reason to start jumping into time travel. Because <laughs> I want to take extra classes, do more homework. And better myself. She'd be perfect in the Star Trek universe, Pete. Totally. Be, she is here so, to better herself. And yes. No so, Andy, all your picks are about people that you have time travel and just have like really poor decisions about it. Exactly. Like Marty can't doesn't give himself enough time. <laughs> Hermione could go back and kill Voldemort, but no, I'm just going to do homework. And then Galaxy Quest, uh, 13 seconds. Yeah. What, what can you do in 13 exactly. seconds? <laughs> I love it. That's brilliant. I'm. I am surprised. So I'm curious, you guys. Just a quick kind of rapid fire. What are the movies that are are like four and five on your list? Because I ended up with X Men: Days of Future Past uh, and Looper, but I I hacked Looper because uh, we've talked about it on the show. Well, I had Bill and Ted was was on my list okay. too, but um, it was kind of a little farther down. But it was uh, it was one I was considering throwing in there if somebody else picked one of my first choices. Fascinating. Steve, any any cuts that didn't make your list, or did you just come up with your top three and you knew it, knew in your heart? Yeah, I, that, yeah. Well, I didn't decide till like after watching Brazil last night whether I was gonna put a list together. So I just said, "What are my three favorites? What are the really strong ones?" So I hadn't had time. Mm-hmm. I I mean, things like you Back to the a Future time to go back you and did. Go, yes, do more I homework. Did, I did. I needed more time for my homework, but I just try. I tried to f- think about those rules, and it was just. I thought interesting that for me 
my top three picks, the ones that I think are my absolute favorite time travel movies, sort of fall into that realm of like the small personal yeah. story. Well, and you listen to the rules. Well, <laughs> so there is that. I, the rules were so poorly constructed this time. I, I don't. I think that they all, all those movies counted. <laughs> uh, so that rules where we're going, we, we don't, don't need, need rules. rules. <laughs> so that begs a question: What are we doing next week? Now, we're, well, what is the movie? Is <laughs> another time travel movie? It is Star Trek: First Contact. I was I was vying for uh, you know the uh, movies about First Contact, but I'm not sure if that's uh, what we were thinking we wanted to do. Or well, because or then we, we discovered cool that eyewear. it was all going to be about cool <laughs> eyewear, about cool movies eyewear. with cool eyewear. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so there, there are lots of First Contacts. We we have, yeah. And I would say I would relegate it to First Contact on Earth, where earthlings you know discover aliens for the first time does it have to be aliens or it could be an, could it be a new culture? an indigenous peoples yeah uh, oh you, you mean like the littles <laughs> yes exactly i, I want to make sure we get the littles please, on our list yes that's all steve we'll is call trying it to do the littles list <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, okay, well, I actually, I'm actually okay with with first contacts. I though I do think we should we should nail that down. Uh, is it or is is uh, you know Pocahontas allowed? That's an interesting question. I I feel like it's aliens coming to Earth. Okay. Okay. All right. So best first contact wow. aliens coming to Earth. Are there movies we should discount immediately? Like we're not allowed to say because they're too easy. Uh, like, I know I, there's going to, somewhere in the middle of the week, there's going to be a rule that yeah. I'm eventually going to <laughs> to not obey. Well, I think we should just leave Independence Day off okay. the list, because just because of its quality, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it the pro-littles, anti-Independence <laughs> Day, uh, alien, uh, meeting the aliens list. <laughs> I say good day, sir. Good day. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's best first contact with alien civilizations on Earth movies. Yes. All right. They come to us. He'll, he'll add the rule that it's limited to like the Northern Hemisphere and then it'll be like made you know, by Thursday. It'll be like, well, it's got to be Montana. Yeah, in, <laughs> it's got to be set in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is going to be a long list. Uh, well, uh, thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to uh, new Patreon uh, supporters. Thank you so much for, for joining the, the club. Uh, we sure appreciate it. And uh, we you're hope that, that, yeah, we hope, yeah. You, you hope you get maybe a laugh out of this weekend show while you're doing the dishes. Again, this is Dishwashing Podcasting uh, right here this Saturday matinee. Thank you, everybody. Steve, Andy, have a great weekend, guys. You too. You too. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. 
If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.